Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Time for the zone to be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at johnstonshomecenter.com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with Bubba Carpenter. All right, Bubba, I don't know if your cup's half full or half empty today, but you know where I stand. I think you heard our debate there. How are you? Doing well, fellas. I tell you what, my, my cup is always half full. Phil, Phil calls it three-quarters full, uh, I, but it, it's definitely half full. I don't know what's going on with Wes today. He had a bad weekend. Maybe his, his puppy's sick. I don't know, but... He's a definitely glass half empty guy today. I was so proud of Jalen Battles and and Dave Van Horn. I think summed up his mental toughness, fortitude that he wanted that next opportunity and he made the play. And obviously Robert helped out on the double play turn. But uh, I don't think that's as easy as people make it out to be bouncing back mentally after making a play that you normally are going to make. No, especially he knows he should have made the play before. I mean, the ball was hit hard. It was right at him. I mean, he makes that play nine times out of ten. Actually, he makes that play way more than nine times out of ten. Um, but you got to want to. You want. You got to want a ball hit back at you. I mean, you want another chance. And I, I think it was awesome what Dave Van Orn said. You know, if you don't want the ball hit hit to you, then go play outfield. You know, and I, I tell my guys all the time: Look, if you're on the field and you don't want a ball hit to you, go play soccer. <laughs> because the one time you're you're not expecting it or you don't want it hit to you, it will be hit to you. But, you know, Jalen's a great player. And, and I say all the time, look, it's, the great plays are easy to make, believe it or not. Everyone's going to make a great play every once in a while. The great players make the routine plays. And that's what Jalen consistently does. Now, I know to Wes's point, Friday night he made a bad throw. It, it happened. Um Every once in a while it happens. Major League players make that that, that throw every once in a while. Um, but, look, Jalen's a great player, and, and I was glad that he got another opportunity. And I agree with Dave. You know, when that ball's hit to him, I'm like, game over. You know, you just know he's got it. But what I love is that Dave Van Horn has confidence in him because as a player, you want to know your coach has confidence in you. Wes has zero confidence in, in him, obviously. But Dave Van Horn does, and I'm sure that makes Jalen feel better. No, I think Wes has a lot of confidence in him. That's why he expects him to make every single play. And, again, errors are going to happen. He's going to have a lot of balls hit to him at shortstop. My thing is, and I agree with you, Wes, <clears throat> that is a play I expect him to make nine times or nine and a half times to Bubba's point out of ten. Yeah. And as I, I think it was hit hard. You say no. But it was right at him, so there's no argument there. That's a play we all expect him to make for sure. My thing is I just want to give him credit because I, I will tell you this, Bubba, and I think he made a great point there mentally there's a lot more pressure on a play. It's like, okay, I need to make this play. Or some guys don't concentrate as well when it should be a very very relatively routine play. There's no pressure on making the great play because you're not – you don't have to make it. It's like nobody expects you to mm-hmm. – like that. I remember the ball that was hit out to uh, to right field that Robert Moore ran down the other day and then spun and made it on a dime. And he said that wasn't the hardest play I made that day. And it's like, well, it was the most impressive-looking play. But I think from a mental standpoint, those are such a, you know, for most guys, that's a two out of ten play. There's no pressure. Nobody's expecting you to make right. that play. And if you do, it's gravy. Well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it, it really is. And once, once you start making an error or two, no one wants to make that next error. And so sometimes if you're not careful, it can kind of snowball. And 
maybe that's kind of what happened over the weekend is we made a couple errors. All we've heard all year is how good our defense is. Well, no one wants to be the guy to make that error. Well, someone made an error, and then someone made another error. But I think we got it all out of our system before this weekend, and I think we'll be fine. And, uh, hey, do you guys know – this is kind of a different question. Do you guys know who Cleet Boyer – do you, you remember the name Cleet Boyer? Played no. for the Yankees back in the day. No. Nope. Okay. Well, I won't tell you the story then. But, <laughs> no, uh, tell us the story. He's an old grizzly. He's an old grizzly. Okay, well, I'll make it really quick. We're talking about defense, and we were having a – we were a really good team. Uh, we were playing in AAA. We were – Everything was going great. We're leading the division, whatever. Cleet comes into town. He's kind of a special advisor, defensive guy, whatever. He calls us all up, and he's talking to us about – he tells the story about being in the World Series, uh, game seven, game on the line. He's playing third base, and he, he builds this story up, and we're all on the edge of our seat, you know, and he's just an old guy. He's got, he's got chew in the back of running down his chin, and he just looks like a guy that was tough back in the day. Well – Cleet's going on and on, and he's like, you know, you know who I want, who did I want that ball hit to when the game was on the line right at the end with Game Seven World Series Championship, and we're all, we're all on the edge of the seat, and he goes, anyone but me, fellas. He said, my butthole was so puckered up, you could have <laughs> driven a nail at my booty, and uh, except he didn't, say, he said it a little differently, yeah, and uh, he goes, but that's the difference. He said, I want y'all to be different. I want y'all to want the ball hit to you. But it was just funny. I mean, because he really built this story up, and we're all on the edge of our seats. And he's like, uh, yeah, I didn't want to hit to me, anyone but me. <laughs> but it is hard, though. you got to want it hit to you, though, because the minute you don't want it hit to you, it will get hit to you. Battles had four errors coming into this weekend. He had three this weekend. That's, so he's got seven now. That's uh, all I say. He should have made that play at the ninth inning. That that's a that's a makeable play. But I know he's better than that, and I think we expect better than that out of out of Jalen Battles because he's shown it all year long. He just had a bad weekend. Yeah, you're right. I was just giving you a hard time, Wes. I still love you, but I, I caught <laughs> I caught the very end of that where y'all were arguing about the call, but or about the play. But you're right. But the thing about Jalen and and some of the errors that we've made are what I call hustle errors. I know. Caden Wallace has made a few plays where he's made an unbelievable mm-hmm. diving stop, mm-hmm. got up and made the throw to first and thrown the throw away and gets an error for it. Well, most third bases don't even catch the ball. You know, Jalen's had a couple of those at short where he gets to them. Most guys don't even get to the play and then throws it away and gets an error for it. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, – I don't know. It's uh, – I think they're both special players. And, 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 and when the game's on the line, I want the ball hit to them. I'm not taking Kendall Diggs out of the lineup from here on out. Would you? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I've liked him from the start. I like his batting practice approach. So those guys that aren't starting hitting the last group, and you can tell some of them take it a little more serious than others. Kendall Diggs goes out there and has really good batting practice, works on hitting it to all fields. Uh, I really like him. I like, I like how hard he works on defense. I uh, don't know what position he's going to play down the road, but I tell you, he's got a really good approach at the plate. Doesn't chase a lot of pitches out of the zone. Um, I just like him. I like him a lot. I talk about how, how hitters take pitches. He takes hit pitches like a really good hitter. And so he's he's found his way into that lineup, and I think that's a huge piece right there, something that we've been kind of missing, just one more extra bat in that lineup. 
Robert Moore, uh, had, it was just an up-and-down weekend. He had five strikeouts over the weekend, but he also had the big home run. He hit some balls really hard, and I thought he got robbed a couple times yesterday. Uh, with all that said, I, I, I feel better about Robert Moore today than I did Friday. Well, I've, I feel good about Robert Moore all year just because I, I really think that when, the, when, when it comes crunch time towards the end of the year, I think he's going to step up big for us. We already we know what he does on defense. He saves a ton of runs on defense, but offensively, I just think he's had some some tough luck. And it's it's one of those things when you start hitting balls hard at people, then you start trying to hit it harder because he's had a lot of really loud outs this year. And and I think when you start trying to hit it harder, you muscle up, you swing at pitches you shouldn't swing at. And I think we've seen a little bit of that from Robert in a few situations. But man, with the game on the line. I really like him at the plate. He just has a knack for getting that run in. I thought Wiggins bounced back yesterday. He gave up a couple of home runs, but uh, for the most part, he he looked like it. Look, and I don't know if the radar gun was a little uh, faster, but it was. He was hitting ninety seven, ninety eight, and he he threw some strikes with his uh, his change up, his slider. Uh, I was very encouraged with Wiggins yesterday. Absolutely, and I like what Dave said. You know. Before they even went down there, he's like, "Look, he's our he's our number three guy. We're we're going with him." Um, and and I think as a pitcher, once again, it's kind of like on defense. You you got to know that your coach staff is behind you one hundred percent. And I, I keep saying along, he's got great stuff. Uh, I hopefully hopefully this is a start that's going to get him rolling again. But that's a tough place to pitch, guys. That's a small ballpark. The wind's blowing out, and they're a really powerful lineup. So what Wiggins did yesterday was pretty pretty special. And then to follow him up, Will McIntyre. I guess he's proving that he took his spot on the uh, midweek, had a couple of good starts, and now they're giving him a chance during the weekend series, and he he made good of that. I mean, Will, what do you think of Will? I thought he was awesome. Now, I was coaching yesterday during the game, but I had I had Phil on in my pocket, and then I went back and checked all the stats and everything afterwards. Um, but uh, but yeah, Will Will's been awesome. If you look at his numbers, he's got twenty innings. He's given up 12 hits, uh, 176 batting average against. I mean, so he's not giving up hard hit balls at all. Um, he earned that spot, and I think it's really awesome. That's that's what's good about these midweek games. And I kind of hate that we don't we don't have any more midweek games because I think that's good for guys like like McIntyre. Without that, we wouldn't McIntyre wouldn't even be on the field right now. But but I think he had a chance. He took advantage of the opportunity. Pitched a couple of really good midweek games, and then and then he did awesome yesterday. And once again, that's not an easy place to pitch for your first SEC outing. And Friday night, I mean, just man, things have you know just had a bad feeling of you, you lose against a Missouri State, and things haven't been just clicking offensively. And you look, and they're down five to nothing, six to two. It just wasn't a good feeling, you know. They were leaving guys on base. It was just Connor, you know, was out of the game early. Battles had a bad error with the bases loaded. It, it just it seemed like frustration was 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 uh, starting to kick in on this team. And there was this a terrible call on uh, a, a base runner. It was Michael Turner going to second base. They called him for runner's interference. It was a, it was a horrendous call. Dave lost his stuff. The team was mad. The dugout's chirping, and all of a sudden, man, it just. Bubba, it just it, it clicked, and it looked like I don't know. Did it maybe tick them off? Is that can, will that be the moment we go back and say, you know what, something happened there, and that's when this offense got going when they got mad against Auburn and that umpire. I, I really do. I think that's a great point, Wes. I think they got really mad right there. And look, there's very 
few times, especially early in a game, where I look at us and I go, oh, we're we're done. But the way <laughs> that game started out, I looked at our guys in the dugout and our body language didn't look good. We just did not look like a good team in the beginning, the starting of that game. And I'm like, oh, this might be the start of something bad. Because I feel like if we lose that game, if we get blown out Friday night, I think – I think it's a different, totally different series. I don't know how we bounce back on Saturday. I mean, we're a tough team, but still, I, I just feel like things were going bad. And when that happened, it's like everyone just kind of bowed their neck, and they just felt like, hey, you know what? We're tired of blaming the umpires. We feel like we've gotten screwed over multiple times by the umpires. Let's just get it done ourselves. And I think they just kind of flipped that switch, and they went on. And, and I think when Borfin hit the home run, I, I I told my son I said oh we got this Dalton we're we're good we're 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 gonna win this game you just watch and it just felt like everything changed but um, yeah that was a horrible call with Michael Turner um, I, I wish I I would like to have an umpire explain that to me an SEC umpire what he thought right there now when you slow it down it looks like Michael made a jab step towards him which doesn't matter Michael's in in the baseline um, but if you run it full speed you're you're taught, don't let the second baseman catch the ball and tag you right there. All right? So he's trying to avoid the second baseman. He's not trying to create contact. It was just a, it was a terrible call. It's probably made by an umpire that never put a jock on in his life and doesn't understand what it's like to run from first to second with a, with a second baseman coming in to feel the slow roller like that. Uh, and he never made contact with the second baseman. The second baseman caught the ball, and it's when he went to exchange it to his hand to throw it is when he dropped it. It had nothing to do with Michael Turner. It was just, it was just a bad, bad call. And I, I, I hope it did. I hope it ticked off the team, and maybe that that caused the rally. But I mean, that home run from Borfin, that was a monster. I mean, he he held the pose for a second. He tossed the bat. You could just you could just feel the frustration of this team for the last couple of weeks leave the ballpark with the along with the ball that was going over the fence in right field. Oh, absolutely, that was awesome. Now, okay, so with that being said, what do you guys think about the lineup? Because obviously, we got a couple of guys that are going to be sitting the bench. You know, with Stovall, I texted Stovall early and asked him how his finger was doing. He said it's better, still kind of sore, um, but you got Stovall and Lanzilli on the bench right now, so. You know, I, I can tell you my opinion, but I'm kind of curious. What do you guys think about that? Who, who's the odd man out there in the lineup when we roll in Friday night? It's odd not seeing Lanzilli. I'll be honest with you, uh, because at times he was a very productive hitter, uh, and Stovall to me is the odd man out right now. Um, I, I don't know. I was a little surprised that we only saw Lanzilli for two at bats uh, the entire weekend. Well, and he didn't hit. Yeah, over two. Right. Well, now part of that I think is matchup. Well, he got hit by a pitch guy. twice. Well, the Friday thing was a lefty yeah. deal, right? Yeah. 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 Well, no, it but was this... a it was a it was a matchup deal where righty or lefties hit like a hundred points higher than righty, right? Against the Friday night guys. So yeah. I mean that made sense. Um, Gonzalez yesterday has been their best starter. Their 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 Sunday guy's been their best starter. He's more of a sinker slider guy. So once again, the numbers for lefties really matched up well against them lefties do way better than righties so i understand those two but it'll be interesting to see what happens friday night because lanzilli he's a guy that just knows how to drive runs in uh, he's a smart hitter he can sit on the slider um he's got power obviously so it, it'll be it's a tough decision for dave van horn friday night to decide who he's going to go with 
Oh, it is. I mean, I thought Slavin struggled a little bit the last two days of the series. Um, but we know Slavin's. I mean, it's all or nothing, it seems like, for him. He had a loud out to center field, and I guess it was the first game. So there were some frustrating moments for him. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to fill out that uh, that uh, lineup every, every night, really. It's a good problem to have, at least. Yeah. No, it is. And I'll tell you what I don't like. And, look, I, I, I love Brady Slavin. I mean, the guy's got power. Every time he steps up there, he's got a chance to hit a home run. But you gotta you got to know when to have a me at bat, and you got to know when to have a team at bat. There's a lot of times I feel like he goes up there and he's looking to do one thing, and that's hit a home run. The other team knows that. You know, I, I just think if Brady would be a little bit more patient, he's going to get a lot more pitches to hit. And, you know, if if he continues to be to make one-pitch outs on change-ups down and away, he could be a guy that could find himself on the bench. Stovall might end up back in there at first base. I think, you know, you, you gain a little bit defensively having Stovall at first. I mean, Brady's done a good job there. But, you know, it's just hard to say. I, I, but it is a good problem to have. But I think at the end of the day, you know, Stovall's a guy that's going to be a, a great player for us here at University of Arkansas. You know, might not be till next year, but he's going to be a good one. Next, uh, we're talking to Bubba Carpenter on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by our friends at Johnston's Home Center down in Benton. Wes told me earlier some interesting news. Vanderbilt is what, Wes, in the RPI? You said four, right? Four. And Arkansas is what, Wes? 21. 21 in the RPI. Now, I'm looking through Vanderbilt's schedule, Bubba. I don't understand RPI. never have, never will. Um, but they did play number 7 Oklahoma State early in the season, and they lost two out of three. They got swept by Tennessee. Admittedly, playing good teams will help your RPI. We know that from basketball, but you got swept there. Lost two out of three to Auburn. Lost two out of three to A&M. And yet, Arkansas has this huge gap between them and, and Vanderbilt, even though Arkansas's record is better, certainly in conference play. They're 500 in the SEC. I don't get the RPI gap. Vanderbilt 7-12 and 12 against top 25 teams. Okay. So that's 19 games. I'm sure that's giving them a boost uh, for the number of games, 7-12. and 12. Arkansas against top 25 teams is 7-5. and five. Okay. Anyway, uh, what do you think of the matchup? No, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, what ahead, do you, what, all that being said, what do you think of the matchup this weekend for Arkansas? Because apparently they can help themselves significantly with a series win over Vanderbilt in their last homestand. Well, I don't like the RPI thing. I, I, I really don't. And, and to me – I go back to what, what Joe Torrey said a long time ago. The game has a heartbeat, and we can't rely too much on computers. Um, and I think sometimes we rely too much on the computer and the statistics and all, who plays who and, and all that. I don't know if it's – in some sports, maybe that's, that's good. But in baseball, it doesn't always apply. But I did see an article that Matt Jones uh, wrote, and he said the lowest or the highest RPI – no one's gotten in a, a, a top eight – with a 19 or higher RPI, mm. so we need we need this weekend. You know, we need to we know we need to do well this weekend. Uh, but you know, we still got it, uh, Hoover. We're going to get that number. That number is going to get down. But to, to what you're asking about this weekend, I, I like I like where we're at. I really do. We're back home at Baum Walker. Um, you know, Bandy had a good weekend. They took two out of three. Um, you know, against a, a ranked Georgia team that's a really good Georgia team, but. I just like where we're at. I think, uh, you know, statistically, we're pretty evenly matched with them. Uh, you know, we've got a they're, – they're hitting higher than us. Our pitching is a little bit better than theirs. But, you know, for the most part, it's a good matchup. But I think the, 
the thing that's going to boost us over the top is the Bond Walker crowd. Hopefully the weekend, will, the weather will be great this weekend. Um, they've got some really good hitters in the top of their lineup. As you get down in the lineup, I think they're, they're a little top-heavy, so I think we're going to be in good shape. Uh, I will ask you guys, uh, and take off from an old joke, Orange, you glad you're in the top six? Orange, you glad you're in the top six? Arkansas is the only team that does not have orange in its colors that is in the top six. Tennessee, one. Oregon State, two. Oklahoma State, three. Then hmm. Arkansas, Vautech, and Miami. Wow. How about that? Uh, Louisville, Stanford, Texas Tech, and A&M round up the top ten. So there you go. There's a little bit of a boost for Vanderbilt having played Oklahoma State and Tennessee three times apiece. And, yeah, they lost five out of the six. Mm-hmm. But still, there you go. So I guess that helps. I don't know. I don't get RPI. That's good stuff, Justin. Buddy, that's what I'm here for. That's all I got. Smart Alec <laughs> comments, buddy. Smart Alec comments and fighting with Wes. I don't bring any actual knowledge to the table. But that's what you're well, here you for. You colors on it. I did. I like that. Yeah. That's what my, my wife would have come up with that. Yeah. Well, we need we need to get you guys to the uh, the races then. Maybe I could she could help us out at Oakland next year. I like the one in hey, uh, blue. Money? Hell no. Don't some money on the Kentucky Derby? Gosh, no. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. How frustrating. It's like, oh, this horse did this and this and this. And there's his buyer speed figure and blah, blah, blah. And here's his daddy and here's his mama and da, da, da. What's this dumb horse doing in there? Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> Hey, but how many people next year, including you, is going to put down money on the eighty to one? Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's it's not unprecedented. It is the second longest shot in Kentucky Derby history, but it's it's not unprecedented. So, no. all right, Bubba. Well, enjoy the weekend, my friend. And uh, I'm not going to make it up there, but we'll see you for the regional because I I don't know what's going to happen with the RPI, and I don't know what's going to happen with the supers and the top eight. But I do know that Arkansas is going to be at home for a regional, so we will see you in a few weeks at the very worst. I tell you what, we control our own destiny, so I think we're going to be in good shape. I think we're, this team's coming together. I like where the lineup's at. I think we're starting to swing it a little better. The, the missing pieces in the bullpen are taken care of. I think our starters are getting it going again, our, our starting Sunday guys. I like where we're at, fellas. So it's, uh, uh, we're, we might play for a while this year. I hope you're right. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. All right, sounds good, fellas. Have a good week. Right. Go on. You too. Take care. See you. Thanks to Johnston's Home Center as well in Benton.